This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. No one likes a cheater, but we all seem to know one. Maybe it's the reason you don't talk to an old friend or one of your parents anymore. Their amorous crime has cost them your trust and respect. In some cases, it's even more personal. Perhaps you've experienced the pain of being cheated on. Maybe you've even been the cheater. But no, you've never cheated, and you never would, right? After all, you're in a good relationship, and the thought of betraying your current partner seems impossible. Until one day, it happens. Your partner is sick or out of town, so you go to a party alone. Your eyes meet with an intriguing stranger's, and you decide to allow yourself just one conversation. Or a new co-worker enters the office, and sparks fly incessantly between you. In this case, it's especially hard to ignore. Even when you're not talking, the sexual tension is there. Every. Single. Day. Could this new person be the so-called one? Maybe you're with the wrong partner after all, but how can you be sure? You can't just call it quits without knowing if it's worth it first. And to do this, you'll have to test the waters. You're not gonna do anything extreme, just a couple of innocent conversations, maybe a group activity. Then maybe lunch alone together, which you enjoy so much that you go on another, then another. Now the sparks are overwhelming. Passion kicks in. Your hormones and your appetite for adventure coalesce. One kiss, then two, then something else. Before you know it, you've stepped over a line you never meant to cross. (laughs) 
Welcome to The Dark Side Of, a ParCast original. A show where we will delve into the seedy underbelly of pop culture icons and historical events. We aim to expose the ugly truth behind cultural moments and public figures we hold most dear, proving that there is always more to the story than meets the eye. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm Kate. This is our eighth episode on the dark side of dating. The quest for love may seem like a celebratory, beautiful thing, but its romanticized image conceals all kinds of unpleasant truths. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. Today, we'll look into the sordid complexities of infidelity. From government fines to public humiliation to murder, wandering outside your relationship has always been fraught with danger. And today's married dating technology, paired with our own proclivities, only seems to complicate an already hairy affair. The novelist Vladimir Nabokov once said, Adultery is a most conventional way to rise above the conventional. Take one look at today's tabloids and you might agree. From politicians to celebrities, infidelity is a recurring headline, with millions tuning into the drama. It's nothing new, and yet many people can't help but get their kicks from these sorts of stories. The elements of secrecy and surprise are undeniably titillating, voyeuristic even, but only when the sordid affair is not your own. To many, the thought of being cheated on is unbearable, especially considering that in today's world, most romance seekers are looking for just one person to share their hearts with. No one wants to be backstabbed by the love of their life. Yet, in spite of the cultural value placed on monogamy, this type of relationship hasn't always been the standard. Prior to the dawn of Western imperialism in the 1500s, a slim 16% of the world's societies were monogamous. Meanwhile, a whopping 83% were polygynous, with men able to have more than one wife. And in sharp contrast, only 1% were polyandrous, women having multiple husbands. These facts may irritate today's mindset. Monogamy is extolled and gender equality is becoming an increasingly important issue. Nonetheless, the evolutionary rationale adds up. Whereas women take over nine months for a single gestation, men can father multiple pregnancies at the same time. And in a time when procreation was tantamount to food production and family survival, it would have made more sense for one man to have multiple wives than the other way around. But while human history may indicate a natural inclination towards multiple partners, polygamy has nonetheless faded into the background as human societies progressed. David Barish, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Washington, tackles this reality in his controversial book, 
Out of Eden. In it, he argues that monogamy isn't natural to humans, but he also contends that it's not impossible or undesirable. Humans do often excel at their most difficult endeavors. And human will certainly seemed to prevail in matters of mating. The one male, one female partnership gradually became the gold standard. The reasons for this are multifaceted, but in many cultures, economy was an important factor, as well as raising a family. Humans evolved into making one-on-one -on -one commitments for the sake of their own well-being and that of their offspring. Marriage was a natural outcome, legally and religiously binding a man and a woman into one. Yet, in spite of this new norm, infidelity persisted. Psychotherapist and relationship consultant Esther Perel sums this up when she says, Adultery has existed since marriage was invented, and so too the taboo against it. How do we reconcile what is universally forbidden and yet universally practiced? Historically, we've been more interested in punishing this paradox than resolving it. Around 1643, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, 17-year-old Mary Latham was spurned by a young, handsome love interest. She quickly rebounded by marrying another, much older man, but Mary grew unhappy with her slipshod decision. The only part of her marriage Mary seemed to enjoy was antagonizing her spouse. According to the writings of one Puritan lawyer, who may have been dramatizing Mary's behavior, Mary would hold a knife to her husband's chest and mock him. She would call him a rogue and a cuckold, and threaten to make him wear horns as big as a bull. In colonial times, this strange costume would have symbolized a cuckold. Just like a bull cannot see his own horns, Mary's husband was presumably unaware that his wife was cheating on him. Not long after their wedding, Mary took to partying and drinking wine with other men in the colony. These revelries resulted in several one-night stands with both unmarried and married men. Around this time, a British professor named John Britton docked in Plymouth. He wasn't a Puritan, and the colony leaders quickly feared what effect his presence might have on their nascent church and government. They hoped to rid themselves of his poisonous influence, and they didn't have to wait long for a reason. One night, Britain had a drunken liaison with Mary, and in spite of not being a Puritan, his own moral compass filled him with guilt. He soon confessed to the affair, which subsequently exposed the rest of Mary's encounters within the small Massachusetts settlement. The Puritans had little tolerance for hanky-panky. Both Mary and Britain were promptly shipped off to Boston for trial. In court, Mary named 12 of the men she had been with. Five of them were rounded up, but they each denied their relationship with Mary. In the end, these men were released by virtue of their own testimony while both Mary and Britain were put to death for their promiscuous crimes. While this is the only known instance of execution for infidelity in the U.S., the land of the free continued to dole out humiliating consequences for sexual liberty. 
In other parts of America, adultering parties could be publicly whipped or fined. Over time, several states developed alienation of affection laws. They offered penalties ranging from imprisonment to fines for those involved in adultery. These punishments were designed to deter married partners from wandering, and a few of them are still in effect. In Maryland, infidelity is an affordable offense. Cheaters are fined $10 in restitution, a small bit of pocket change for a night of extramarital fun. Minnesota philanderers, on the other hand, can be fined up to $3,000 for their crimes. While these laws are rarely invoked, it's a convenient way for the powers that be to profit from human nature. In other states, however, it's the wounded party, not the government, who takes home the dough. South Dakota maintains a statute allowing husbands to sue their wives' lovers. The law was recently considered sexist since it harkens back to a time when women were regarded as marital property. But instead of getting rid of it entirely and losing a profit, the court made it gender neutral in 2002. Now wives can sue their husbands' mistresses too. Statutes like these are known as heartbalm laws, and they're intended to console betrayed spouses. While money may not buy you love, apparently cold hard cash can soothe the wounds of a heated affair. Yet in some instances, these sums seem to surmount the emotional value of the marriage. They even lay the blame on the person who isn't betraying a sacred union of their own. In North Carolina in 2010, Cynthia Shackelford sued another woman, Anne Lundquist, for $9 million. Lundquist's offense? She had been having an affair with Cynthia's husband, Mr. Shackelford. $9 million was a hefty amount, considering that, by all reports, the Shackelford's marriage had long since been on the rocks. Spectators weren't surprised that Cynthia valued money more than her shattered marriage. Yet in the end, it was Ms. Lundquist, a third party, who had to pay for the broken union. Legal retribution is far from limited to the U.S. In 2018, India overturned a 158-year-old colonial-era law that could sentence a man to up to five years in prison for committing adultery with another man's wife. The only caveat was if the woman's husband had given the other man permission. The law also dictated that an adulterous wife was exempt from punishment, since males were considered to be the seducers in these situations. Moreover, a married woman could not use the law to accuse her husband of sleeping with someone else without her permission. When the law was put on trial, petitioners argued that it was sexist for a myriad of reasons. For one, the law regarded wives as kept property. It also pretended that they had less sexual volition than men. And it left women with no comparable recourse for when they were the ones being cheated on. Other places are even less kind. In countries like Sudan and Iran, whipping and even death by stoning have historically been on the table. In these cases, victims are buried up to their shoulders before being pelted by large stones. 
In 2010, 12 Iranian women and three men were apparently sentenced to death by stoning, even though there has been a moratorium on stoning in the country since 2002. The 1 to 4 ratio in this instance reflects a sinister yet globally pervasive fact. Women have been subjected to more ridicule for cheating than men have. This bias appears to relate back to biologically ingrained practices such as polygyny. For the most part, females were expected to be happy with one husband while that husband carried on with as many other women as he liked. But the fact of the matter is, women are not sexual bystanders. In fact, the appetite for infidelity may be completely unbiased when it comes to gender. In 2018, the Institute for Family Studies released a social survey showing that 20% of men admitted to cheating on their partner, whereas a slightly lower 13% of women reported infidelity. But that small discrepancy may not accurately reflect the number of women who cheat. One psychotherapist, Dr. Candace Cooper Lovett, says, A lot of women in my practice have shared that cheating was something that you take to the grave because men can't handle cheating in the way that women do, or are expected to. This is unsurprising, considering that more than one in three women have experienced some form of intimate partner violence. And even if your husband or boyfriend isn't prone to violence, the excess fear of being discovered may still be ingrained. As therapist Dr. Tammy Nelson says, We don't know if more men or more women are caught cheating on average. But it would make sense that women are better at hiding their affairs. Traditionally, women have faced harsher punishments for cheating. They have lost their financial support, risked the loss of their children, and in some countries, even risked the loss of their lives. While hopefully these stakes will lessen with time, others are on the rise. Current divorce rates clock in between 40 and 50 percent. And when it comes to cheating, the chances of losing your relationship are even higher. In a recent survey of 441 people who had experienced or committed infidelity, nearly 55 percent of participants said their relationship broke up immediately after the affair was discovered. Another 30 percent had tried to make it work before eventually breaking up, while a meager 15% reported that they were still together with the same partner. The survey also found that people who were married tended to wait the longest before telling their partners. While 52% confessed within the first weeks of the affair, the remaining 48% waited around six months or longer to come forward. And while some may cheat and tell, it remains a mystery just how many people have completely gotten away with their infidelity. Some would rather take their sins to the grave than admit guilt. But the rise of modern dating technology is threatening to eliminate this possibility. Your double life could be discovered by one precarious internet search. Up next, a pastor goes to drastic lengths after being caught in a cheating scandal. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. 
With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Infidelity has existed since the days of polygamy, and the cultural values of monogamy have only complicated matters. Those in relationships remain just as susceptible to being cheated on as ever before. Not that you'd necessarily realize it. After all, most affairs are conducted in secret. And to suss one out, you'd either have to catch your partner red-handed, or they'd have to confess. According to a recent survey of people who had cheated in a relationship, one in four had proactively broken the news to their partner. And another one in four said their partner had caught them in an affair. If these numbers match up to reality, then roughly half of all cheaters get away without ever being caught. But before you boldly embark on a secret affair of your own, beware that technology may have a hand in whether or not you succeed. In 2019, NFL Network correspondent Jane Slater shared a story about uncovering a former lover's affair. Slater's then-boyfriend had given her a Fitbit for Christmas, and the couple synced their matching watches. The plan was to encourage each other to stay fit by monitoring each other's workouts. But Slater ended up with a lot more information than she anticipated. She became suspicious one morning when she noticed her boyfriend was unaccounted for at 4 a.m. Even though it was an unusual time for him to work out, Slater still checked her Fitbit. Her partner's heart rate was through the roof. After a little sleuthing, she discovered he wasn't out for an impromptu sprint. Her boyfriend had been busy with something and someone else. And while technology makes it easier to catch your partner in a lie, it also makes it easier for them to find that fling in the first place. Over the past 20 years, dating technology has expanded to include people who are already enmeshed in relationships. They're all looking for a little something on the side, and the excuses vary. While some may be looking to diversify their sex life, others may simply have a thirst for adventure. A double life filled with titillating secrets. Still others are in it for more emotional reasons. Their primary relationship may not be providing the validation and affection they crave, causing them to look elsewhere to fulfill their needs. As one married woman reported, I was not looking for love, not looking to leave my husband. I was just looking for companionship. She had been doing her best to endure her unhappy marriage, and she was determined to stay with her husband for the sake of their two children. Then, one night, her spouse made an unkind remark that sent her over the edge. Fed up with his insufficiencies, she whipped out her phone and opened her internet browser. She furiously typed the words, woman looking for men to have affairs with. Her search brought up a list of results. At the top was a promising dating site called AshleyMadison.com. Ashley Madison prides itself in being the premier website for catering to wandering spouses. 
Its competitors have less obscure names ranging from hush affairs to illicit encounters. But they all offer the same apparent oxymoron as Ashley Madison, married dating. These websites give users in committed relationships an opportunity to encounter someone new, regardless of whether or not they intend to leave their current partner. And as Ashley Madison's former president, Ruben Buell, has pointed out, this function of online dating has been around for as long as dating websites themselves. Prior to Ashley Madison's establishment in 2001, roughly 30% of people on dating sites were married. These users were faced with an inevitable choice to live an online lie and pretend they were single, or to be honest and risk rejection. Ashley Madison simply leveled the playing field. Despite being an avenue for cheating, it offered a paradoxical honesty. Each person on the platform knew why everyone else was there. They all wanted an affair. With its cloak-and-dagger premise and sleek, sexy design, the website took off. It charged users by using a stealthy, ever-changing billing ID intended to mislead snoopy spouses. And it offered various pricing tiers, each giving users access to more features on the site. One of these was Ashley Gifts. These were virtual presents you could give to another user as a way to show your interest and pique theirs. Other specials included Traveling Man and Traveling Woman, a feature to locate other users outside your usual zip codes. Boring business trips could now be a chance for an exciting new fling. Regardless of whether you were looking to hook up or form a long-lasting connection, Ashley Madison seemed to have it all, and the marketing on the platform reflected this breadth. On the one hand, it hinted at shared misery with taglines such as meet bored men and lonely housewives. But at the same time, it retained an iconic adventuresome slogan. Life is short, have an affair. The strategy worked. As of 2015, the site was amassing an average of 30,000 new users every day. Everyone wanted to believe that they could live a double life and get away with it. But the fantasy didn't last for long. In 2015, Avid Life Media, the parent company of Ashley Madison, received a special request from a group of hackers who called themselves the Impact Team. They opposed Avid Life's married dating services and demanded that they shut down Ashley Madison as well as its sister sites. Established Men, which connected younger women with older potentially married men, and Cougar Life, which offered older potentially married women an avenue to meet younger men. But Ashley Madison seemed to make the Impact Team the most livid. Unlike Avid Life's other services, which included users who were unmarried, Ashley Madison was exclusive to users who were already in relationships. The Impact Team also alleged that Avid Life Media was hoodwinking Ashley Madison customers who were trying to leave the service. Whenever a user tried to delete their Ashley Madison profile, they were asked to pay $19 to completely erase their data from the site. The Impact Team claimed that even if users paid this obnoxious exit fee, Avid Life Media wasn't actually wiping them from the database. 
Eventually, the cyber criminals' patience wore out, and they decided to take their anger out on both the company and its customers. On July 15, 2015, Impact Team broke into Ashley Madison's database. Over the next few weeks, the criminals released a laundry list of information about the site's users, including names, credit cards, and addresses. To make matters worse, the hackers also publicized users' private fantasies. Things like spanking and mail-seeking mail appeared alongside usernames and home addresses. And true to the hackers' words, the list included Ashley Madison users that had supposedly deleted their profiles long ago. There was no escaping the scandal. Even if someone had been smart enough to use a pseudonym on the site, they could still be traced using their financial details. The damage was extensive. On August 24, 2015, Christy Gibson discovered her husband's lifeless body at their home in Mississippi. He had committed suicide. Christy could hardly believe the nightmare. Her spouse, 56-year-old Dr. John Gibson, had been the beloved pastor of a local Baptist church and a respected professor at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. What's more, he had deeply loved Christy and their children. If life was so good, why had Gibson chosen to end it? The note explained everything. Less than a week before, more results from the Ashley Madison hack had been publicized. Gibson's name and information had been on the list. The thought of facing his colleagues, his congregation, and his family had been more than he could bear. In his letter, Gibson apologized to Christie and their children for his shortcomings, as well as his death. He was clearly ashamed. The shocking news rippled through Dr. Gibson's community. Grief counseling was offered to his students on campus, and friends and family members alike expressed the desire to have spoken with him first. They wished Dr. Gibson had given them the chance to show their love and forgiveness. Gibson's indiscretion and the response to his death reflected a greater truth about infidelity. As psychotherapist Esther Perel says, affairs happen in good marriages, in bad marriages, young, old, straight, gay, you name it. Virtually anyone in a committed relationship is susceptible to infidelity. Even if you don't set up a dating profile with the intention of cheating on your partner, you can easily be tangled in other loopholes. And it's not just the physical rendezvous that constitutes infidelity. You could be cheating on your partner in other ways without even realizing it. Up next, the slippery slope of infidelity. Now back to the story. With the rise of dating technology, people are not only finding more ways to meet new lovers, they're also discovering venues for cheating on current ones. Nothing sums up this phenomenon like the married dating website Ashley Madison. In 2015, the platform experienced a data breach that divulged the identities of millions of its married users. But in spite of this upset, philanderers have continued to thrive online. It seems the thirst for an affair is still worth the risk. 
As of early 2019, Ashley Madison had hit a total of 60 million members, and it was reportedly growing by 20,000 members each day. The male-to-female usership ratio was promisingly even, with roughly 1.11 female accounts to every male account. Everyone, regardless of gender, age, or background, was still looking to cheat. For some, it's hard to imagine seeking out an affair, much less logging onto a dating website to do so. But if you think shunning technology will keep your current relationship afloat, think again. Online or on the street, infidelity works in a myriad of ways. It all starts with a little thing called flirtation. Let's be real. If you're going to end up cheating on the person you're in love with and have sworn to never betray, you probably won't begin by throwing yourself into bed with someone you've only just met. If this sounds like you, then you've probably cheated on your partner before. But for everyone else who's cutting their teeth on the game of infidelity, you should know that it usually begins with a conversation. The kind we tell ourselves is innocent, but that we wouldn't really want our partner to witness. You can talk about the Supreme Court or how to change a tire, but we all know that what's really going on is a flirtation, an attempt on your behalf to judge if that person is equally into you and a chance for you to show yourself off. After all, we're just like animals. When we see something we like, it's hard not to peacock. As you talk, you're also sending nonverbal signals. Your use of body language, eye contact, smiles, and tone of voice are all meant to encourage your target and lure them into your sexual aura, and vice versa. If the other person is attracted to you, they're also trying to bait you with their own unspoken cues. Both of your pheromones will come into play as well. Whether or not you realize it, you are wafting musky scents to each other that only compound your mutual attraction. Napoleon Bonaparte summed up this phenomenon in a letter to his wife Josephine as he traveled home from war. It said, Home in three days. Don't wash. Once the conversation is over, you may leave without knowing whether you'll ever meet again. But the traps have already been laid and honeyed. You now face a decision about whether you will see this person again and how you will behave the next time you come into contact. Some people are very strict about their boundaries, purposely avoiding someone whose last interaction left them feeling guilty. Others may be too far gone. They are intrigued by this new romantic interest and they can't stop entertaining all the what-ifs that swirl through their mind. Love hormones can be introduced at this phase as you obsessively replay your memories of the other person. In spite of your better judgment, you continue to fantasize, each time adding more arousing details to the scenario until eventually you wish you could play out these fantasies in real life. The next time you see this person, the temptation may be insurmountable. 
Your attraction, coupled with your growing desire to be with them, makes it seem impossible not to take things a step further. And then another. And before you know it, you could be knee-deep in a sexual affair. And sex isn't the only illicit perk of infidelity. In fact, there's a totally different type of cheating that many fall prey to. It's called emotional infidelity. And many people don't realize they are engaged in it until it's too late. The psychologist, Dr. Seth Myers, explains this phenomenon. Emotional infidelity refers to the behavior that one partner engages in which fosters emotional intimacy in the here and now with someone else and sometimes promotes the possibility of sexual intimacy in the future. Workplaces and friend circles are prime breeding grounds for these underhanded affairs, which typically develop over frequent prolonged interactions. You and the other person support each other in personal ways that are usually exclusive to romantic relationships. For example, disclosing details of your current relationship that you know your partner wouldn't have wanted you to share. That's always a red flag. Whether or not it leads to sex, an emotional affair still feels dishonest. To make matters worse, it can drive a wedge in your current relationship. Over time, you become less and less open with your partner since your emotional needs are being met elsewhere. As you develop more affinity for who your crush is, you may come to unfairly despise your current partner for who they are not. You might even blame the affair on them and not yourself. Emotional affairs can be a seemingly innocent road to the end of your current relationship. And it's an odd turn of events, considering that many people begin affairs precisely because they have no intention of leaving their partner. They know that the cost is high. Their family, friendships, finances, and career may all be at stake. Other people worry about their reputation. No one wants to be remembered as that person who cheated. It carries sleazy stigmas and dishonest connotations. But for others, an affair, emotional or physical, is just a roundabout way of calling it quits. As marriage therapist Dr. Caroline Madden notes, often this is the type of person who doesn't want to be the bad guy and instead cheats, allowing their partner to find out in hopes the other person will do the breaking up. It's a strange logic, considering that breaking up is usually considered a more honest offense than infidelity. And the messy effects of cheating can be even more damaging than a clean break. Often, the betrayed person displays symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Like victims of physical or emotional abuse, this partner can feel tortured by the infidelity. They exhibit signs of disorientation and unstable emotions, and they vacillate between emotional extremes. At one moment, they may be completely numb, and the next, they may be trying to retaliate. In January of 2017, residents of Warwick, England, noticed laminated signs on the lamp poles around town. Each of them depicted a red heart hanging from a noose. 
Across the heart was a man's name, Graham. The signs read, If she's so good in bed, you can stay there. The note went on to say that Graham's keys were at the bottom of the canal, his credit cards had been maxed out, and the locks on his home had been changed. It was signed from his ex-lover, Linda. And while the sting of betrayal can make you want to tar and feather your partner in front of a whole village, other victims choose to give their partner a second chance. But even the high road has its own pitfalls. Nowadays, staying in a relationship with someone who has cheated on you is often seen as shameful. Victims feel pressure from family and friends to spurn their former partner, despite any of their own desires to try to repair the relationship. If they do decide to give their partner another chance, they may be met with ridicule from those nearest and dearest to them. This only exacerbates their existing feelings of foolishness. After all, they just found out an affair had been going on right under their noses. For many victims of cheating, their hour of need is compounded by the withdrawal of the only people they can still trust. In other instances, it may actually be someone from your inner circle who contributed to the affair in the first place. Sometimes, your partner's lover is a known friend. In 2018, Florida resident Denise Williams was found guilty of helping to murder her husband, Mike Williams. The case was nearly 20 years old. Prior to Mike's death, Denise had been carrying on an affair with his best friend, a man named Brian Winchester. Mike had no idea that the two people closest to him were betraying him, and he wasn't even given the chance to find out. On December 16th, 2000, Mike and Brian took out a boat to go duck hunting. Not long after they set sail, Brian pushed Mike overboard before shooting him in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun. Brian dragged Mike's body to shore and buried him several miles outside of Tallahassee. Authorities believed that Mike had drowned, but they were unable to locate his remains. In reality, Brian and Denise had colluded on the entire scheme. And shortly after Mike's death, Denise collected nearly $2 million in life insurance. Five years later, she and Brian married each other. But in 2016, they divorced, and Brian's willingness to commit violence resurfaced once more. That same year, he kidnapped Denise at gunpoint in her own car. The authorities quickly caught up with Brian and sentenced him to 20 years in prison. In the process, he confessed to Mike's murder, and the case was cracked wide open. Denise was sentenced to life in prison. Her demise points to perhaps the darkest truth about infidelity. At the end of the long, exciting road, you may be no better off than before. Sometimes the new relationship can even end up practically identical to the first one. As marriage and family therapist Dr. Stephen Betchen says, I've found that people choose lovers who are just like the spouses they're dissatisfied with. They just haven't spent enough time with them to realize it. And at other times, as in the case of Denise Williams, 
things can be much worse. After all, can you ever really trust someone who was willing to cheat with you in the first place? And vice versa. Can they ever trust you? Perhaps the saddest part is that in the end, cheating breaches the fundamental reason why people look for love in the first place. They want one person they can mutually trust and share their life with. Whereas infidelity grasps for the exciting parts of being in a relationship, the most valuable treasures, things like real intimacy and communication, come later on. And they're often refined through times of struggle and even boredom with your partner. By having an affair, you can effectively swindle yourself out of your best chance at love's longest-lasting rewards. On the road to love, cheaters never prosper. Thanks for listening to The Dark Side Of. Next week, we'll be back to discuss the dark side of wedding traditions. You can find more episodes of The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. Just open the app and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. The Dark Side Of was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of The Dark Side Of was written by Allie Wicker with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Kate Leonard and Richard Rossner.